0: Welcome to Spirits Podcast, a boozy dive into mythology, legends, and folklore. Every week, we pour a drink and learn about a new story from around the world. I'm Amanda. And I'm Julia.
1: And I'm Eric.
0: And this is episode 306, another episode, installment, edition of your urban legends. Woo! We're doing them. We're doing them.
1: We got one more, I think. Yeah. Spooky month. Spooky month. We're ra- wrapping it up pretty soon.
2: A fully spooky month.
1: We've got, we've got this one for you still.
2: Yeah, and next week is going to be a super secret special type of mm. Urban Legends episode. So we'll Ooh, see. I wonder what that could be. Ooh, who can say?
1: I have something not spooky going on with me, but something I've noticed recently. I've shaved my head about two <laughs> months ago. And since then I've been feeling a lot of cold. And like cold is like a sign of ghosts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like now my in, my whole ghostometer is like way off because there's way more surface area for just any slight breeze to be like a
2: ghost. Yeah.
1: But it's like was it a ghost? I don't know anymore. Hair hair protects you from uh, false positives <laughs> on your on how haunted your house is. So now we've got another problem trying to figure out if my house is haunted because now I'm just like any slight change in the wind and the AC and the heating system makes me feel like something is brushed across my head. And that's not like something physical is brushed across my head, like like a creepy ghost. Yeah. But just like the feeling of something.
2: Yeah. Have you considered that maybe you've become more haunted Mm. since shaving your head?
0: That's fair. That's fair.
1: I haven't because I haven't engaged in anything that would cause more hauntings to happen. Now, in a few weeks, we're getting some work done in the basement, and they are going to be jackhammering two feet down.
2: That's a lot of feet. Where they put the dead bodies, right, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Exactly, exactly. Well, not, po- I mean, I, <laughs> potentially, exactly, they, exactly. they could have in in 1912 when they built the house, there could have been a dead body placed in there. Mm-hmm. I guess they also could have done that at any other given time. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, they will be in five specific spots disturbing the foundation of the home to make the rest of the home stronger. So maybe we release some ghosts, but- the sagging floor by Kelsey's office goes away. So like, it's a give and a take. It's a give and a take.
2: <laughs> Ghosts, but but more comfortable. Hmm, interesting.
1: I'm just saying, I can't think of like a movie off the top of my head where like people are getting haunted and there's a bald person.
0: Mm. Like everyone's got hair. I think that's just Hollywood for you, man. Mm. We do have the expression of, you know, the hairs on the back of your neck stood up. Yes. And maybe that's because the back of the neck for more people than not is bare, mm. you know. Lots of people have long hair, but lots of us have short hair. Lots of us have undercuts. Lots of us wear our hair up in a ponytail or a bun or a braid or what have you. The back of the neck is a vulnerable spot. And I often feel that too, Eric. Coming out of a haircut, my head will feel chilly because my my, you know, hairs are reduced. So whether you're being haunted by the memory of the hairs that once were, or you know, maybe you're just now, maybe you're more timeless. Maybe the ghosts can relate to you a little bit better. Oh. Instead of having a, you know, stylish 2020s millennial haircut you instead have the timeless style of shaved right down short beard you could be anytime yeah
1: i could be i could be from any time now
2: i feel like we just skipped over the fact that amanda suggested that ghost hair
0: is a thing and i need to talk about that now okay like, like the you know, a haunting is a memory. We've been over this before, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know, you're you're adjusting to the you know the reality of of the hairs you have now versus the hairs you used to have. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that, Eric?
1: I'm not entirely sure. I've also come
0: watching the dogs. I know your dogs were adorably napping next to one another; their little faces touching, and now one has just climbed fully on top of the other. Placed a pillow on top of his brother and resettled, <laughs> as the one on the bottom naps through it all. <laughs> he did not wake up at all.
1: Nothing could disturb Herbie. Nothing could disturb Herbie. Icon. So just for, so everyone can understand, the dogs were sleeping very nicely next to it, like Amanda said. And then there were there's a blanket and a couple pillows. And Henry has essentially jumped over Herbie and is now laying on top of a pillow that is probably. on top of Herbie and just...
0: Can we screenshot this for the patrons?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Henry's looking around like, what? Comfort King.
1: Yeah. So so that is the situation.
0: Oh, the boys. All right. Sorry. So your thoughts on
2: ghost hair?
1: I'd like to believe that my hair is out there somewhere. Oh, yeah? Thinking of me. (laughs) I don't feel like there's any reliable information regarding ghost hair, just like there's no reliable information that my house is haunted.
0: Mm. Just some uh, some experiences, some thoughts, mm. some expert mm. opinions from us, your friends. Maybe. Whatever that's worth. Maybe. Yeah, whatever that's worth.
1: I appreciate it. I appreciate both of you always looking out for me, even <laughs> when it's mostly for comedy, I think.
2: Yeah. 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 But also because we're concerned. And also it would be uh, quite a get for us to have your house be haunted. It would be quite a get.
0: It would be incredible. You could probably deduct some more expenses than you already do from uh from your taxes yeah. on account of it is related to your profession. Definitely.
2: Yeah,
1: that's true. That's true. Well, now that we've determined that my house is still haunted, uh, and my head is also haunted, apparently. Mm-hmm.
2: Definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I've got a little amuse bouche before we get into some some bigger stories. Just a short Ooh. little one from Cat, and I think I think you'll like it. And uh, this is also about a presumed haunted house. Hi, I love listening to the show and wanted to email you about my haunting in my hometown, Hobart, Australia. So it seems like I have a ghost housemate. It started when I moved out by myself when I was 19. The day after I set up my place, I was quietly reading a book when all of a sudden I heard a very loud, massive burp come from the kitchen.
2: The worst sound a ghost can make.
1: Yeah, that's up there. It's definitely up there. Yeah. I freaked out a bit because there was no explanation for this. I dismissed it, though, and went back to reading. I got up later to make myself something to eat, only to find that some of my food was missing from the fridge. (gasps) Mm
2: -mm, mm -mm. This isn't a ghost. This is a secret person living in your house. Which we've
0: established is much worse than a ghost. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'd much rather have a ghost. Oh, yeah. 100%.
1: Ever since, I will hear burps find food missing, and that my tea, teapot, and cups have been moved around. This will happen at least once a week. I nicknamed the ghost Bob. I have considered moving, but my place has affordable rent and Bob hasn't done anything malicious.
2: Bob has to start paying your rent with you because he's a
0: real person living in your house, probably. Yeah. Do you have a crawl space? Do you have an attic? Do you have a, a, a secret room behind your room? You gotta, you gotta check this shit out. Check checkout.
2: them all. Check them all. Have a friend come over and you guys systematically just go through the house and make sure there's no one in there. Oh my God. We've all read that story. We all know that story. Yeah. The only thing that makes me think,
1: hmm, maybe a ghost, the burps are too aggressive. Like if you were sneakily living in a crawl space, you wouldn't like enter the room, open the fridge, eat something, and then just let out a big belch. Like, that's that's unhinged. I mean, presumably, if you're already living in some house, already unhinged behavior. Mm-hmm. But, like, they're extremely unhinged to let out a big burp.
0: Maybe they just can't control those burps. Sometimes the burp takes you. Like, sometimes <laughs> the burp takes over. You can't control it. Maybe. Maybe they're just a very gassy person. <laughs> yeah, especially, I mean, maybe they're lactose intolerant, right? And cat mm. is stocking only dairy milk. And so, you know secret passengers in your crawl space can't be choosers. And so gets a big burp. Gets a big fart. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah.
2: If you start smelling bad farts, you know that it's a real person who has lactose intolerance. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Damn. Oh, no. This might be the creepiest myth I've ever heard. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it.
1: I'm still convinced it's just a ghost. but But I mean, who
2: knows? You live your best life, but I would have a friend come over and systematically check the different like parts of my house slash apartment slash flat.
0: Exactly. Housing is difficult, but you can't be a passenger in someone's crawl space. How do you get the Wi-Fi password? Come on. Mm-mm. So I have one that is either a story
2: of ghosts, shared hallucinations. I don't know, but it's creepy as hell. Ooh. Ooh. Hi, Conspirators. My name is Kyle, and I've been wanting to write in for a long time. But procrastination? Anxiety? Who knows? I'm a naturally very superstitious person, but I've been training myself to be more skeptical. Conversations with my fiancé will usually follow the same pattern. Me, a ghost! Him, Kyle... Me, right, we have
1: dogs.
0: (laughs) A very funny like, oh yeah, of course, we have dogs that would make noises in other rooms, naturally. That's true. If Eric hears a loud thump, smells a weird smell, he knows what's happening. Assume it's the dogs.
1: Yeah, Kelsey assumes anyone opening the door to the bedroom after she's gone to bed is 100% a murderer, when usually it's me. (laughs) Who hasn't murdered anyone?
2: Not that we know, but there might find those bodies, though, in your basement. You got to be careful.
1: (laughs) I do not have the tools required to get through (laughs) cement to bury a body. So if I was burying bodies, they would not be under the foundation of this house.
2: Yeah, they'd be much easier to find. You're right.
1: Also, can you, I don't know, it must be tough to be a serial killer during COVID. Everyone's already, I mean, people aren't out and about, or maybe that makes it easier. I don't know.
2: I don't know. Less witnesses. That's a good point. Hmm. Okay, so becoming more and more skeptical over time, though, has led to the following stories to stick out to me even more because I don't have a logical explanation for them. When I was younger, we absolutely lived in a haunted house. I always felt scared going around corners, turning off lights, and don't even get me started on our basement with the stairs that had no backings. I don't know what they're called, but I know you hate them as much as I do because, Amanda, you have spoken about how your basement stairs also had that same problem.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and call them just like backless stairs. Mm. Okay. Where you can see through each step to what's beyond and a hand can come out and grab you and kill you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure like
2: an architect is going to be like, actually, they're called. I'd love to know what they're called. Yeah. What I remember most about this house, though, was the woman in white who roamed our hallway. Mm, classic. It was a very tiny hallway, maybe four by four feet, which separated my mom's room and my room. Every night I would see this woman in white. I never felt scared by her, but I also didn't love that she was there. To give you an image, imagine that scene in 101 Dalmatians where Cruella is standing outside the door and the light flashes showing her outline in the window. Like that, but 3D and in the house. No good. Every night every night, folks. For a while, I chalked it up to imagination. Even when I was little, I knew I could get carried away, and I still do. One night when my mom had gone to bed, usually a few hours after me, I woke up and saw the ghost woman standing there. I yelled across the hall to my mom to see if she saw it too. She simply said, yep. (laughs) Mom! Turns out, my mom had also been seeing her every night, but didn't say anything as to not scare me. Guys, this is how
0: generational trauma persists, okay? I disagree. I <laughs> Wouldn't you rather your child know, like, yes, I'm seeing this thing too? More than not saying it for many yes. you know, months or years, but I, I, I hear you. You also don't want to plant ideas in their heads, so I, I get it.
2: Later in that same house, my Nana moved in with us. She took the upstairs bedroom, and my mom made herself comfortable in the living room. I wasn't the best sleeper as a kid. Procrastination? Anxiety? I don't know. And I would often end (laughs) up in my mom slash Nana's room. One night, my mom was getting frustrated because I kept running back and forth between mine and Nana's room and was being very rambunctious for so late at night. The conversation went like this. Mom from downstairs. Kyle, get in bed. It's late. Nana yelling to my mom downstairs. Kyle's in bed with me. We don't know what the footsteps are, but they aren't him. My mom, probably. Fuck. No.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, that's too much stuff going on. That's that's some haunting stuff right there.
0: Oh, baby. This hallway, this landing, it's haunted.
2: No two ways about it. So, Nana was a big fan of Montel Williams, and one of his frequent guests would give advice on how to deal with ghosts. Yes. On one of her appearances, she said, if you're dealing with annoying haunting, you should firmly tell the ghost to move on. Not where to move or what to move from, but to just move on, which we've said many times where it's just like, just be polite, but firm
0: with a ghost and tell them, get out of here. Exactly. It's kind of like the opposite of, you know, a fairy wish, where if it's too broad, you're going to sign up for trouble. Here, it's just like, move on. Don't care where you it's go. Don't here. care what that means. You figure you out. Just, just go ahead. Just go ahead and go.
2: So having had enough of being scared in my own home, something that still hasn't changed as a 30-year-old man, I jumped out of bed, screamed, move on, and went to sleep. We never heard the footsteps again.
0: Mm. Here
1: you go. The system works.
2: It did. That's a success story. As a side note, when I was in my early 20s, I worked at a clothing store that required we take the customer's addresses to complete a return. One day, as I was doing a return, the woman in front of me said the address of my old house. I was so excited. Even though it was spooky, I really did love that house and even today considered it quote unquote home. When I said, oh cool, that's the house I grew up in, she seemed angry. I don't know if she was just annoyed that I knew where she lived, but something in her look told me that she didn't want to talk about the house. Maybe she was just a crabby person or having a bad day, but I can't shake the feeling that maybe she had seen what I had so many years previous. Ooh. I've got a ton more stories, so let me know if you want to hear about my wicked nightmares or our haunted sewing machine. Thanks for the endless hours of entertainment. Y'all are truly the best. Yours in creepiness and coolness, Kyle.
0: Yeah, Kyle, right on back.
2: I definitely want to hear about the haunted sewing machine. Oh, yeah. Give me those deets.
1: Would a haunting sewing machine make haunted clothes or haunted materials. (laughs)
0: Mm. Eric, I love you, buddy. You still surprise me. 10 years of friendship. (laughs) You you still bring it. Good job. I think that a
2: haunted sewing machine would not imbue its hauntedness on the items that it sews, but rather is haunted in that it sews
0: things by itself.
2: Mm.
0: I mean, Julia... I don't know how much experience either of you have with sewing machines. They are extremely finicky. You can breathe on a sewing machine wrong, load it a little bit wrong, use it a little bit wrong, and shit breaks bad. You break a needle, you, you know, snap your thread. Like, there's a million things that can go wrong with sewing machines. And so I kind of think a haunted sewing machine would just work flawlessly. Like, maybe that's what we're talking about. That's how you
2: know it's haunted. You're like, nothing has gone wrong with the sewing machine. What is happening?
0: Right?
1: I know that because I'm a sewing expert because I took home back in seventh grade and made a tote bag. So.
2: Shout out to that tote bag. Do you still have it? Please tell me you still have it.
1: I bet there is a 90% chance my mother still has it somewhere in the house and it will eventually make its way to me.
2: Hell yeah, dog.
1: She continues to give me stuff that I have told her I didn't want 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. I didn't ask to keep my fifth grade report cards. I won't need them for any records in the future. Uh, She still has them and she keeps trying to give them to me. And I said, throw it away. None of this means anything to me.
0: <laughs> See, one of many reasons that in hindsight, it is useful that my parents divorced and sold my childhood home uh, just after I graduated college because I had to deal with all that shit already. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Who's got our next story? Is it me? It's my turn. It is you. Good. Because I have a multi-part story Ooh. from Corvin she, They titled, A Spirit Helped Me Shoplift, A Creepy Party Game, and More. Ooh. So they begin with, hey, spiriters, I love listening to your show, and particularly the hometown urban legends. A few of the stories have inspired me to write regarding my own experiences with the potentially supernatural. I will also be including a cheerfully creepy party game that my family and friends used to play, in case you want to give it a try. Yes. Oh, we're going to. Excellent. So Corvin's first story is titled "My Brother Forgot His Body While Sleepwalking." Forgot his body? Yes, forgot his body.
1: That mm, this sounds like astral projection more than sleepwalking. We'll have to we'll have to figure this one out.
0: Let's see. Let's go. <laughs> when I was younger, maybe between six and eight, I shared a room with my oldest sister on the third floor, while my other siblings and parents slept on the second floor. Pause. What a dream. Mm. Who did not wish an attic bedroom? Uh, growing up, I I wanted that so bad. That's what I had. Well, Eric, that's why you were creepy. The reveal. You were the ghost in the attic.
1: I was the ghost in the attic and the ghost in the shell.
0: One night I woke up in the middle of the night. I don't remember exactly what woke me up. It might have been a nightmare or it might have been the feeling of being watched because my brother, who's 16 months older than me, was standing at the foot of my bed staring at me. I stared back at him for a moment and then he started to fade away, not walk away. He turned transparent and then fully disappeared. What? Freaked out, I ran down to my parents' room and woke up my mom. She went with me to his room and we checked to make sure he was still breathing. He was. He was known to sleepwalk short distances before, like going to sleep in his bed and being found in the morning in a weird position on top of his desk. Maybe he just forgot his body this time and came to wake me up from my nightmare. Huh.
2: Hmm.
1: Thoughts? Sounds like a classic case of astral projection to me.
0: God damn
2: it. Yep.
1: I mean, it really does. I mean, it really does. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. I was trying to be like a logical conclusion here. It's like, yeah, you know, like maybe you were, you know, waking up from a nightmare and a little bit of sleep paralysis occurred because you're like, man, I wish my brother would come wake me up from this nightmare. And then that's what you saw. Mm -hmm. But eh,
0: no, astral projection. Yeah. Love it. No doubt. No doubt. All right. Second story is called The Nightmare Banishment Book. Ooh. Mm Ooh. Speaking of nightmares, I often have very intense and vivid dreams. In many of them, I'm having adventures and fighting enemies. If you like hearing about other people's dreams, I'm happy to send some of those in as well. Listen, this is the safe space to talk about your dreams, okay? We want to hear them. We are soliciting you. It's true.
1: This is the one time. The one time. I want to hear, especially Stranger dreams.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Listen, mine are all mundane.
1: Rarely, even people I love dearly. Most of the time, I don't want to hear dreams. But I love These dreams, because we're in the spooky zone.
0: Yeah, spooky zone, the only place dreams are interesting to other people. So this story also takes place when I was younger, maybe a little bit younger than my previous tale. I had a reoccurring nightmare that was very short, but always left me really, really scared. In it, I was standing in a field in a line with the rest of my family. Already creepy. Standing in lines, inherently creepy. Lines are bad. My dad's only photo of his entire family, he has 10 brothers and sisters, is all 13 of them at a wedding in descending height order. Julia Julia knows it well. Oh, boy. And it's just inherently creepy to stand in a line. Inherently creepy to stand in a line.
1: Oh, I understand. I thought you meant like, like, cueing in a line and I was, like, no. I was like that's not creepy I yeah, understand that societal just a, just a long straight line of people looking all in the same direction exactly. towards a camera yes. or something exactly. you're right that is creepy yes
2: is it cause it's like too reminiscent of like lines of people in combat like during war,
0: maybe? I don't know. Or like prisoners. Like, I don't know what about it is creepy, but something about like posed order, particularly when people aren't smiling. And like this, was in oh, my yeah. dad's case, it was the 70s. All women had very long hair and flowy dresses. All the boys had like long Beatles hair and they were all in suits because it was a wedding or something. And none of them are really smiling. I think that is what kind of gets me about that. Yeah.
1: I think it's also that they're not like stacked like there's no one behind each other the fact that like you haven't tried to condense for any reason like the fact that you've just lined up yeah. as long as possible weird Weird. Why are yeah. you doing that?
0: I think Julia, to your point, it's like a show of force almost. Mm-hmm. Like that—that's mm-hmm. kind of what the reptilian brain in me thinks.
2: Is it also like because it's one thing when you have like a bunch of people posed for a photo, but like they have arms around each other and they're smiling and so like if it, everyone is just standing stock straight and staring at the camera and there's no smiles happening yeah. whatsoever, that's incredibly creepy because it seems like they're being forced to do that. Right.
1: Bridal party picture not creepy. Yes. A bunch of people. Shoulder to shoulder. Yes. Face forward. Creepy.
0: <laughs> yes. In my dad's, they're all like back to front, but their heads are turned to look at the camera, Ooh. which is the which is the worst version of this. <laughs> anyway, so Corbin's family was standing in a line in a field. Okay. Except we were all standing on outhouse toilet lids. What? Like, you know, outhouses where the receptacle is just a large pipe going into the ground, but there is like plywood and a toilet seat on top. The lids my family were standing on in the dream would suddenly open. They would all fall in and I would be left alone and abandoned in the field. Yikes. Hey, Corvin, that's a pretty fucked up dream. Yeah. I would have this nightmare multiple times in one night sometimes. ooh. And I guess one day something had enough. Uh-oh. I found a drawing activity book. I don't know where it came from. It was just in one of the drawers of stuff available to entertain us kids. And it had prompts like, draw a picture of your favorite food. Draw a picture of your least favorite chore. Things like that. When I got to draw a picture of your worst nightmare, bowls of you, activity book. Why is that in a book? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess the therapeutic thing of like you put it on paper and it's all scary. I don't I don't know. Well, Corbin continues. Well, when I got to that prompt, I drew an image of the dream. And when I was done with the book, I set it down and went about my day. That night, no nightmare. When I went to find the book the next afternoon to keep drawing in it, it was gone. Mm-hmm. As if it had gotten what it came for and disappeared. I never saw it or had that nightmare again. Scary. Hate that. Oh, no good. Did you guys have a like childhood recurring nightmare
2: that was, I mean, scary for you, but also like in hindsight is very funny. Mine was about... The animated How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh. Oh, it's a scary movie. He would just chase me around town and it was scary and his smile was scary. I don't like.
1: Was he chasing you around Whoville or around your town?
2: No, my personal town.
1: Okay. That's hard. Cartoon Grinch in the real world Mm chasing you. Yes. That is no good.
2: And he had the weird fucking creepy smile Mm -hmm. happening. Yeah. There's not a way,
1: there's not a combo that you could have given me where it wouldn't have been creepy, but I just want to make sure that- (laughs) I had all the pieces of parts.
2: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. You had the full picture. Yeah, all of mine were very mundane, like my house burning down and other other normal anxieties because I've always been this person, <laughs> just <laughs>
1: younger. We've talked about mine, which is I'm stuck in a cube and a giant foot tries to squish me.
0: <laughs> right, I forgot about that. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, so like my, mine's well established on the podcast, mm-hmm, so we don't need mm-hmm. to we don't need to get into. We it. We
2: know the canon of your
0: big foot already. Yeah. Well, guys, we have two more stories from Corvin and the aforementioned party game. But first, let's go to the kitchen and grab a refill. Let's go. Hello, hello. Welcome to The Refill. Amanda here from the past, reading some ads and thanking our patrons. Before we get back to more urban legend stories, thank you again to Julia and Schneider for helping me make sure I can uh, actually take a break, which I've been planning all year to do uh, and is challenging and they've been so helpful. So listen, folks, let's first make sure that we thank our newest patrons. We're going to thank you next week because then we'll be back uh, in, in reality, in the real world. But thank you in the meantime to our supporting producer level patrons, Alicia, Ann, Brittany, Daisy, Fruity Chick, Hannah, Iron Havoc, Jack Marie, Jane, Jessica Stewart, Nezelkins, Lily, Megan Moon, Nathan, Phil Fresh, Rico Lake, Captain Jonathan, Malachi Cosmos, Sarah, Scott, and Zazie, and our Legend Level Patrons, Ariana, Audra, Bex, Chibi Yokai, Kakuta, Maculata, Clara, Ginger Spurs Boy, Morgan, Sarah, Schmidt and BME Scotty. Join them at patreon.com slash spirits podcast, where you can enjoy the many, 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 many extras that we have made for you over the years when we were preparing the Patreon to do this switch to monthly charges, which is easier for you to understand and easier for us to use their tools. We were like, "Um, hey, we have several thousand posts on Patreon. Can you like help us get those permissions right?" And they did, which was great. But uh yeah, there's a lot of stuff there for you to enjoy. And if you are sort of uh wanting to read or listen to or, you know, watch something that will bring you a lot of comfort, I have to recommend a rom-com book I really enjoyed recently called Thank You for Listening by Julia Whelan. Now, Normally, anything that looks vaguely related to podcasting, I cannot read because I'm like, "Oh no, I'm too close to home. But this is actually a rom-com novel about a romance audiobook narrator. And like all romances that I really enjoy is more about healing and your personal journey and your friends and like how you think about your life and make choices and things like that all alongside a really lovely and like trope and twist filled story about two people kind of finding healing next to one another. I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm sure if there's an audiobook of it, it's good. But in the meantime, you can find a link to thank you for listening and all of the books we've recommended at spiritspodcast.com books. Also been doing a lot with my new husband. Eric Silver, to get ahead on Join the Party, which is an actual play podcast we run here at Multitude with Julia and Brandon Grugel, to get ahead on the summer campaign that we have been doing. We've been playing uh, 13 and 14-year-olds at a monster hunting summer camp. We're coming to a close on that story, and it is getting better and better by the week. So if you have never listened to an actual play podcast, if you don't really know or get what sort of tabletop role-playing games are all about, and you want to just listen to some tea doing like a full Scooby-Doo adventure, this is the place to do it. Julia's character is the funniest and sweetest thing I've ever seen. It's a lot like young Julia, a lot like young me, and uh, she's incredible. So if for no other reason than that, go to jointhepartypod.com or search for Join the Party in your podcast app and catch up. There's only like 12 or 13 episodes. They're only an hour long each, so you can definitely catch up. I believe in you. Join the party. Now, folks, I want you to imagine that you could have a bra that makes you feel good and also is comfortable and you're not like itching to get out of it at the end of the day. I know this sounds like a fantasy, but it's actually possible. I dare you to try Third Love's 24-7 Classic T-Shirt Bra. They will make you look great and feel great, and it is designed not to show through your clothes. I know that it has made me comfortable and happy and be like, wow, God, I can't believe this actually exists. And also, particularly if you find that like all the sizes don't necessarily work for you and you want like a half cup size, you want to be able to talk to somebody and be like, hey, this was a little bit like it fit in all these areas except for this one. Third Love does a great job at helping you find a fit that works really well for you. Their fitting room quiz is so easy. It is nice and simple it doesn't take long but it's also pretty thorough and helps you understand like hey my bras tend to you know gap at the cups or dig into my sides or like the straps fall down whatever you are having typical issues with there is a way to fix it so ditch your bad bras get a better one that makes you look and feel great when you upgrade your bra today you can get 20% off your first order at thirdlove.com/spirits that's 20% off your first order today at thirdlove.com/spirits We are also sponsored this week by BetterHelp. And if, like me, you get really focused on problems and obsessing over the fact that there is unresolved stuff or stuff you have to deal with or a possibility for things to go wrong, it can be so helpful to talk to somebody, a real professional therapist, to wonder sort of how do I get my brain focused not on the problems but on the solutions? How do I see things, like we say in Monster of the Week, speaking of Join the Party, as an experience that can help me grow and not just like a demerit that I have to deal with or that weighs on my mind or makes me stressed? And I talk to my therapist every week via BetterHelp, sometimes via video, sometimes via phone. Sometimes if like now I am traveling, I will just kind of go back and forth via text instead. And it is all in BetterHelp's custom secure app. It is really, really useful for somebody who wants to give therapy a try, but is really overwhelmed, like all of us, for figuring out how to do that, you know, without tools like BetterHelp. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try do it. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com spirits today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash spirits. So you guys know I got married uh, and in planning what I was going to do and planning the jewelry I was going to wear, something that I did not have to worry about was what my earrings would be because we are lucky enough to be sponsored by studs this week. Studs is a lovely piercing spot. They have uh, stores in LA, New York City, Austin, Nashville, Miami, Boston, and Seattle, with more coming soon. And if you, for example, want to get a new piercing or first piercing, you're a little bit scared, they are really quality. They only pierce with single-use needles, never piercing guns, which is just a good thing to know, which is safer and better, especially for advanced piercings like on your cartilage or you have a few already and you want to add a new one. I have been promising myself I'm going to get a new piercing after my wedding, and I am going to do it through Studs here in Brooklyn. Gosh, I'm so excited. Right now, Studs is offering our listeners 20% off your first purchase when you go to studs.com slash spirits. Go to studs.com slash spirits for 20% off your first purchase. That's studs.com slash spirits. It has been uh, wild over at my house as we have been doing wedding stuff and getting things ready and fielding calls and texts from people who are excited but have a ton of questions about our wedding. And again, now in the future, that will be over. But here where I am in the past, I have barely had time to sleep and and get all my work done and like do all the various things that have to happen before we leave. And one thing I have not had to worry about is getting dinner because I'm able to order from my favorite restaurants right here in my neighborhood through DoorDash. And hey, if you need to get stuff for Halloween, if you want to get supplies, you know, candy to give out to people, even like a last minute thing for a costume or like me, it's seven o'clock and you're like, oh, my God, I have nothing in my fridge and I really, need to eat, DoorDash is the way. For a limited time, our listeners can get 50% off up to a $20 value and zero delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app and enter code SPIRITS. That's 50% off up to a $20 value and zero delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app in the app store and enter code SPIRITS. Don't forget, that's code SPIRITS for 50% off up to a $20 value and $0 delivery fees with DoorDash. Subject to change, Terms apply. And now, let's get back to the show.
2: So I, of course, it's the middle of October, guys. So I have been just trying to find as many pumpkin beers as humanly possible Mm. and then just drinking a ton of them. And I don't know if I've talked about Southern Tears pumpkin here on the show before, but gosh, one of my favorite pumpkin beers in the world.
1: One of the OGs of the pumpkin beers.
2: Mm -hmm. Just so good.
1: Something that was good and then everyone else was like, we're going to make that. And most people made it worse. Yeah, that's
2: true. I also want to give a quick plug to the Sand City Pumpkin beer that I tried recently. Ooh. Not as good as the pumpkin, but has the best name, which is it's a graveyard smash.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yay!
2: De-de-de-de-de.
1: I will say sometimes you can get special editions of pumpkin in like rum barrels, not in rum mm-hmm. barrels, but aged in rum barrels. Not as good as traditional pumpkin. So like, be on the lookout. Now, what is good is you take that Southern here, pumpkin. And you mix it. I don't remember the ratio that I was suggested in the past, but you mix it with that southern tier creme brulee beer, and that creates a whole pumpkin pie flavor in your whole face. (laughs) So I don't remember the exact ratio. I think it was like two to one, maybe, maybe like two to one pumpkin more than than the creme brulee, but but something to, to try if you can get your hands on some bottles of both of them.
0: That sounds incredible. Well, guys, I got married this past weekend. What? (laughs) You both were there, Julia. Don't act like you weren't. You Mm -hmm. were in my bridal party. It was great. And brought home a couple of bottles from the brewery where we got married. Plan B in Poughkeepsie, New York, which we can uh, now shout out after the wedding is done. Highly recommend them. If you ever find them, get them. They are delicious, weird, farm-grown, aged beers. And they had on tap, which made me so happy. A bourbon barrel aged version of their pickle beer, which there is nothing quite like the barrel aged taste is just the taste of fall for me. And this was an absolutely incredible version of like cucumber, dill, and then their flagship barn beer fermented and then aged in a bourbon barrel. God, so good. Hot damn.
1: That sounds really good. Let's say we were in the past, hypothetically. Sure,
0: sure, sure, yeah.
1: Do you think they would have that beer available at your wedding?
0: Yeah, let's just say, and hypothetically, we're recording this many weeks before my actual wedding so we can get it done. It will be on tap at the wedding, so get some of that. I'm so excited.
1: Mm -hmm. I had such a good time drinking it at your wedding, which was definitely in the past and not the future.
2: I both was very excited and still am very excited.
0: Yeah, it's it's Schrodinger's wedding guest.
1: It has both happened and will be happening until mm-hmm. this episode has dropped.
0: Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm, I'm sure they'll sell you bottles to take home. It's good shit. Yeah. Eric, you're riding the rails. You can take whatever you want on the train. I'm That's so excited. True. I got
1: two <laughs> 12-hour Amtraks all through the Great Lakes.
0: That's beautiful. I'm jealous. Well, you
2: could always just go back to Cleveland after the wedding, Amanda. That could be your honeymoon.
1: You could. The trade leaves at a nice 5.30 p.m. and gets in at a beautiful...
2: Crisp 5.30 p.m. <laughs> a
1: beautiful 3.37 in the morning. <laughs>
0: Fudd, thanks. (laughs) Crisp 3.37 in the morning. Thanks for attending. I mean, listen, people go to bed at four in the morning and wake up at 10 the next day and their lives aren't ruined. So yeah, I I think you'll be okay.
1: Yeah, I've splurged a bit and I've gotten a room. So I'm quite excited. The dream. I want to have the whole like murder on the Orange Express experience. Room presumably everyone has plotted against me or something like that you know
2: oh so you're the guy that they murder on the. (laughs) okay great yeah
1: i'm the murder victim love that energy for you my guy dream situation
2: you're like oh i get on that train and it's everyone i've ever betrayed in my entire (laughs) life
1: exactly exactly (laughs) uh real quick as we're still doing drinks recently it was kelsey's birthday my partner and a few of us got her a subscription box to uh, this thing called Raising the Bar, which does a bunch of mocktail kits. Hey. So if you're into mocktails and stuff like that, they have nice recipe cards and then like all the ingredients to actually make the full mocktail, including the like non-alcoholic liquor. I don't know what that stuff's actually called in the hip terms these days, but yeah. So so that's something to check out. Uh, not sponsored at all, but something that we tried and it's very, very good. Yeah, so check them out.
0: Hashtag not spawn. Hell yeah. That sounds awesome. All right, folks. Sounds delicious. With our refills in hand, let's finish out Corvin's Tales and the Game. Yeah. The third story here is called Heartbeat in the Bed. Uh oh. Uh oh. Corvin writes The year is 2011 and I'm home from college for the summer. I'm back in my childhood third floor room. Oh, we remember. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wake up in the middle of the night. I am groggy and about to go back to sleep when I feel it. There's an unfamiliar heartbeat in the bed with me. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. It isn't the family cat. It's not my own. And as mine is starting to pick up the pace and this one is not, it takes me much too long to realize it's the heartbeat simulator in my Build-A-Bear my friend had gotten me and forgot <laughs> to tell me about. The, oh, hold on.
2: No.
1: The heartbeat simulator in a Build-A-Bear? I didn't know they had like... That's a thing. I knew they had like different things, but I didn't realize one of them was like... F-bump, f-bump.
0: Apparently, the heartbeat simulator was a sort of add on that m- my parents do not think was worthwhile. <laughs> uh, your parents were correct. That's that's kind of a logical answer, but I really uh, yeah. I really enjoyed it. And then uh, fourth and final story before the party game. Uh, Spirit helps me shoplift. Ooh. OK. From a big store like Walmart, hopefully. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. C- take all the plant cuttings from Home Depot that you want. All right. I was in college and didn't have my own car. The university shops usually had most of what I needed day to day, but I would make lists of things I would need from the bigger stores and make a trip on the bus or with a car friend. That was just one hyphenated phrase that I thought was very cute. Car friend. On one such trip, I realized I needed a new pack of hair ties, but it wasn't on the list. Determined to not forget it, I chanted to myself, hair ties, hair ties, hair ties. That's how I remember things, so I feel you. Me as well. As I collected what I needed, my chant faded, and by the time I was back in the checkout line, there was nary a hair tie in sight. Or at least in my cart. In fact, it wasn't until I was back outside and loading my bags into my friend's truck when I cursed my forgetfulness as I pushed my cart into the cart corral and said, oh, I forgot my hair ties. But as I turned away, something caught my attention. Underneath the cart, on that bottom bit where you put heavy things like bottled water or boxes of cat litter, mm-hmm. was a pack of hair ties. <gasps> Ooh. They were all black with no metal bits that would get snagged in my hair. Yes. It would be rude to refuse such a gift from the universe, so I thanked whoever was looking out for me and took the hair ties back to campus. That's a real anti-capitalist fay situation. Oh, yeah. And I appreciate that. Me too. And finally, folks, here is the creepy party game. Let's play. Let's play. All right. So Corbin says, this game is called Sardines. It's best played at night in a place with multiple rooms and plenty of nooks and crannies, and ideally with a larger group of people, probably four or more. Okay.
1: Do you guys know sardines? I know sardines.
0: I've heard of this before, but I'm curious as to the official rules. I haven't heard of this, but with the three of us and Eric's hair ghost, we make four. So that's perfect. All right, good. When it is good and dark, turn all the lights off. One person is decided on to be the one to start out hiding. They're given a set amount of time to hide, like in hide and seek. And once the time is up, everyone else disperses to look for them. But the way they look is to go from room to room whispering hello. If the person hiding hears them, the person whispers hello back. Once a seeker finds the hider, the seeker joins them in their hiding spot, smooshing themselves in like a sardine. Yes. Thusly hidden, they now also whisper hello back to the next folks who come across the hiding spot. Now, I want you to imagine playing this game with maybe 15 people or so. (laughs) At first, there are plenty of people wandering around with you whispering hello, but then people start disappearing soon you don't see anyone else. You travel dark corridors and empty rooms, whispering and straining your ears for who or what might answer you back. Mm. Stay creepy, stay cool, Corbin. It's got real bodies, bodies, bodies energy and creepy. Very creepy. I'm into it. This is a new one to me. How about you, Eric? Does this match up with what you remember? So I
1: don't have a lot of good things to say about evangelical mega churches. <laughs> but and stick with me here. Stick with me here. In youth group we would do lock-ins overnight where like a bunch of people and there'd be like a movie room that was just like playing movies all night and like you had a whole bunch of different like activities you could do. But if you have just a really big church really big modern mega church and like 50 kids Sardids is amazing. <laughs> like really really good. And like, that's like, you don't often have a big enough space for sardines to work in a really, really fun way. Yeah. So like a huge church with like multiple, like a basement and like classrooms down there and then like the sanctuary and like all the different other little rooms and stuff. If you have full access to all that stuff, like it gets very creepy once people have started to like disperse and like, you're like, I haven't seen anyone in five minutes (laughs) and I'm just whispering hello terrified that someone's going to say hello back so I really really like sardines for that stuff I feel like it's definitely a game specifically for teens. I feel like you, a bunch of adults just aren't going to get into like a bunch of crap <laughs> spaces and do that. But...
0: Agree to disagree, my guy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's
1: fine. If that's what you want to do.
0: I mean, if your competitiveness outweighs the sort of social anxiety, then yes, it absolutely would. But as a teen especially, I imagine that like smooshing yourself up against a person who you find attractive uh, would would be great. hmm I'm surprised they encourage that in the mega church. I know. It feels like you're letting Satan in by just whispering hello into empty rooms.
1: But then you go to like the true love waits room and you're like, you can't do anything. And <laughs> it's like, okay, okay.
0: Wow. <laughs> so wait, what was the purpose of the lock in? To like not let you get up to mischief?
1: No, I mean like it's just like you're you're not locked in. Like you could like but like it's like you're here for the night, so your parents know where you are.
2: That's fair. Right.
1: Like just kind of that kind of thing. It's just a situation where it's like, you're you're going to spend the night at church overnight on like a Saturday.
2: Where God and Jesus can see what you're doing on a Saturday mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. All right. Who's got our final story for the day? All right. So I will finish us off with a story that was submitted by Eleanor called The Children at the Window. Hi, my name is Eleanor, and as I'm going away to uni in a month, I thought it would be the perfect time to finally email in the story of The Children at the Window, after years of listening to different Multitude podcasts. I would like to preface this email by saying I am a total wimp. So my younger self stupidly assumed that if I made smart decisions to keep me away from the haunted, i.e. not exploring old creepy bridges or houses at night, I would be safe. I was wrong. (laughs) When I was about 14, I used to go to dance lessons in the local village hall. We danced facing the stage with our teacher sitting on it with the music directing us. On one side of the hall were three small windows facing the park behind it, and on the other side were large full-length windows that faced the car park with the front door in the center of them. Apart from the car park and park behind, there was really only a single road that goes past the front of this hall, leading past the local pub to civilization as thick woods surround most of the area. I live in England, so the sun can set from 5 to 9, depending on the time of year, and this particular evening in late October, it was dark. Around the time the clocks change, and not quite at Halloween, I was taking a tap class at this hall when they appeared. I was tapping out a new combo with the two other girls in the class when my teacher screamed. Terrified, she asked if we had seen them too, the two children right outside the window. We were all focusing forward to the stage at the time, so hadn't, and when looking out the window after she said something about the children, we couldn't see anyone at all. So whilst definitely a little uneasy, we continued the lesson, explaining it away that it was a trick of the light from a street lamp or something outside. About 15 minutes later, it happened again. This time, my friends saw them as well, screaming as they disappeared as quickly as they appeared outside the window. I was the only person who hadn't directly seen them at this point, as I was behind a support pillar when they appeared. However, I did see how bright they were. Such a bright, white, ghostly light, it couldn't be explained away with the antique yellowing street lamps outside. We were seriously freaked out, and I couldn't even leave as I was sharing a lift with my friend's mom, who was picking us up after the ballet class that followed the tap one. My teacher was only about 24 and was just as freaked out as the rest of us, which didn't help the situation.
0: Although I don't blame her, as I would have been... Exactly the same way. Isn't it wild when you realize the authority figures in your life when you were a child were like probably 23, 24?
2: I know, right? It's wild. Like, I think of some of the young teachers in high school sometimes. I'm like, oh, yes. you were just a baby. You were like 22, 23. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. I remember we had a health teacher who was 22 doing sex ed. And it's like,
0: I mean, not her fault, but the fucking worst.
1: <laughs> right. It's just got like, Y- you, you were literally like six years older than us.
0: <laughs> At this point, the
2: girl who joined us for the ballet class walked through the door, terrifying us all again. She was a few years older than us and had just passed her driving test, so had driven by herself. And after our frantic explanation of the children, was not thrilled about the idea of driving herself home alone again. She didn't see anyone running away or hiding below the window, etc. when she walked in. By now, all hope of any ballet happening in this class was long gone as we had barricaded ourselves in the furthest corner of the hall away from the kids. A theory had also appeared that they might be hiding in the window box below that particular window. However, this did not offer any comfort as the window box led to a matching one on the inside of the window and none of us were brave enough to check to see if it was properly locked. Another 30 minutes of no window activity passed, in which after closing all possible curtains, the small windows had them, but the large windows didn't, and locking the door, we let our guards down a little, starting to laugh about how we were so scared of what was probably just some kids pranking us. And they were there again. Mm. Grabbing the closest girl to me in half protection and half a physical barrier, I finally saw them. A little girl and a boy around seven, holding hands in what looked like old-fashioned school uniforms. The boy was wearing shorts and the girl had an old-fashioned straw hat with two plates running down her shoulders. Both were deathly pale to the point of glowing and grinning directly at us again children are terrifying and creepy in their own right but when they are smiling creepy children that are also glowing mm-mm, big no for me no where in the two previous appearances they had disappeared in a matter of seconds this time they stayed for a good minute as despite them standing still at the window the door handle started rattling as if someone were trying to get in In an effort to stop their eye contact, which felt as though it was burrowing into my skull, I squeezed my eyes shut and squeezed my friend harder until our teacher finally said it was safe. The physical rattling of the door we had only locked about 30 minutes beforehand was a step too far, and my friend's mom ended up coming and picking us up early, doing a full search of the car park to make sure no one was there before we unlocked the door. The teacher and the older girl left together for a little bit of extra protection against whatever could be lurking in the woods surrounding us. And after thanking my friend's mom for the lift, I sprinted through my garden to reach the front door in a manner that you can only do when truly terrified. After that night, I did a little research on the village and found out that the pub down the road called the Halfway House is considered one of the most haunted places in England. Oh boy. There you go. Built in the 17th century, the pub was originally called this because it was halfway to the next village, however, has apparently maintained the name due to its reputation for paranormal activities such as its closing time bell, which rings every night despite being taken down over 20 years ago. That's a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was also once a morgue, which could explain the sightings of ghostly figures like the children we saw, as well Uh as sounds uh of heavy objects being dragged, which are assumed to be coffins by the people who work there. While we never saw the children again, I moved a couple of villages over and the hall has since been redecorated. It is still one of the most terrifying things to ever happen to me, especially as we could never explain how they appeared and disappeared so quickly." Hopefully my story is interesting to you guys. And even though I may not be very creepy cool, your podcast makes me feel it. Thank you so
0: much for being amazing humans, Eleanor. Aw, thanks, Eleanor.
1: That more detail really slipping in at the end is like, oh, well, now we fully <laughs> understand the situation, I think.
0: Explains so much. Explains yeah. so much. It does explain so very much. And Eric, I had a PS email from Corvin that was specifically for you because they say, by the way, all of this took place in Northeast Ohio. And my partner and I actually moved to Lakewood last year. Maybe we'll see you at the 2022 Spooky Pooch Parade.
1: Unfortunately, I will not be at the 2022 Spooky Pooch Parade due to Amanda's uh, Schrodinger's wedding happening (laughs) or having happened on that day already.
2: Right, right. That makes sense.
1: I believe my dogs were in attendance.
0: Oh, good. Were or will be in attendance.
1: Exactly.
2: And there's always 2023, you know?
1: There sure is. I I mean, I'm looking forward to it. It's always fun. Yeah. Last year, they were uh, a mailman and a UPS
0: worker. Incredible. I love that. I know. I still think about that image. It, it is truly burned into my brain in the best possible way. The best boys. Well, guys, I will either uh, see you soon or have just seen you. <laughs> talking to you right now, in fact. So, you know, time is an illusion. The The boundaries are close to the limits. The veil is, is patchy right now in the spookiest month. And no matter what happens, whether you hear footsteps rolling or see some spooky kids out the window, remember, stay creepy, stay cool. Above all else, if you liked what you heard today, please text one friend about us. That's the very best way to help keep us growing. Thanks for listening to Spirits. We'll see you next week. Bye.